162 games have been complete, and yet we still do not have a champion in the National League Central. Welcome to the newest edition of the Friendly Confines, everybody. Alongside Chad Gordon, I am Ryan Lieber. Chad, 162 games did not cause enough <laughs> of a chance for anyone to claim the title, so let's play one more. How you doing there? I flippin' love this. I love the fact that both teams, in fact, four teams, we'll talk about all of them, but I love the fact that the Cubs had to win today, got down early, and did everything they needed to do, imposed their will. This is so incredibly excited. Only has only happened one other time in Major League Baseball history. I love this, and I'm excited about Monday afternoon baseball, um, both teams at Wrigley Field. I mean, if you are a fan of any uh, of, of just any amount, you, and if you aren't excited, then then just switch to football season right now because this is as good as it gets. It is uh, going to be a tremendous day at Wrigley Field. The game starts at noon Chicago time, 1 Eastern time. Uh, Jose Quintana goes to the bump for the Cubs. And, man, is it just going to be an electric atmosphere at Wrigley? I guess my and- first question is, are you going to the game on Monday? Are you flying into Chicago? As we uh, record this, I've got another uh, tab on my laptop open on Red Eyes tonight. This noon game threw me a huge wrinkle. I'm shocked. I mean, I get it. I guess they want people like get the game out of the way because it's important for some teams to get back on uh, and, and get squared away for Tuesday. Not so much for the Cubs and, and the Brewers because they're so close. But I was honestly, I was shocked. I, I assumed the Cubs would play a six o'clock game is central. I assumed the Dodgers would host a, you know, a game at, at, at six or seven, their time. The fact that they're both after early afternoon games was really surprising to me. So I'm looking at red eyes right now. Um, I don't know. Were you surprised by the time? Did you were, I mean, I was, ex- I was expecting an evening game. I we, mean, for, for, for viewers and ratings. I mean, this is a time I'm bewildered by. I mean, wouldn't you want the money for the, the TV viewership? Yeah, I agree. I mean, you and I both were talking about this before we recorded, and we both said, or at least I thought for sure, that to your point, you would want the eyeballs at night in primetime. You'd figure the Cubs would play a 7 o'clock game at Wrigley, and then afterwards the Dodgers would play a night game on the West Coast afterwards. So I was surprised by this. I'm surprised. But, you know, listen, Major League Baseball sometimes makes some head-scratching decisions. Uh, and apparently I mean, you, this is one of them as well. So, you, you you've know. got two of the top three markets in, in, in America, and you're not going to take advantage of, of two primetime games. You know, neither here nor there. I'm just talking about how that's impacting me. To answer your question, if, I, uh, um, if, if, it, if everything works out and I can get on the right flight tonight, I'll be out there. Um, but I'm coming in this week, obviously. But uh, I sure wasn't anticipating a Monday game. But, man, I cannot wait for that first pitch. We have Russ Eisenstein, who is our guest this week. He is the voice of Ohio University. He does the play-by-play for the football and basketball teams there. He's also a Southern Illinois University graduate, which, if you know Chad and I, know we always love to promote our alma mater. And in addition, he is a huge diehard Milwaukee Brewers fan. So huge we thought it was Brewers fan. To yeah. have him on the program to talk a little bit about the matchup on Monday. But let's start first inning. It is game 163, as we said, Chad. This is the first time uh, the, since 1998 that the Cubs are playing a 163rd game. They yeah. won that game against the San Francisco Giants, who clinched the wild card. That was actually the first 
play-in wild card game, if you remember, for 163 back in uh, yeah. 1998. The Cubs won 5-3. to three. I believe Gary Gaetti hit a home run in that game. Uh, Rod <laughs> the Beck got the save in that game. <laughs> Dusty Baker yep. was the manager for the Giants back then. So there, there you go how long ago that was, uh, 20 years ago. Amazing how long that was. And here we are today, 163, with a lot more on the line, Chad. Uh, Cubs yeah. obviously tied at 95-67 and 67 with the Brewers. This is basically what it all comes down to. How who who do you think right now is the more confident team going into this game to, on on Monday? Ryan, I, I I truly believe this. This is not me talking um, from the perspective of a, of a of a of a fan of the Cubs who've been following it all year and and wishing. I truly think that nothing matters. I think both teams are coming into this and they know what they have to do. These are professionals. They, they, uh, you know, would it have been nice if the Cubs had beat the Cardinals on Saturday, but the Cardinals were literally playing for their lives on Saturday. And that was an exciting game, an exciting tight game. What I would say, and I've said this all along for the Brewers to get to this point, they had to win seven straight games. And so here we are, the Brewers won seven straight games. Do I think it's tougher to win eight straight games versus what the Cubs have to do, which is come out and win one game when it, where it's all on the line? I honestly feel like it's a toss-up. It's a coin flip. I don't know where Vegas has them right now. It's, it's The line has moved. But what I would say is I think the Cubs have to have a little bit of an advantage um, playing at Wrigley Field. Uh, and uh, and I, I, I just like the opportunity for two teams that, that, are, that are scratching and clawing and trying to get that 96 win. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, listen, I think that the Cubs are at their, you know, wit's end at this point being like, what else do we have to do to win this division? I mean, we have the best or tied for the best record in the National League, and yet that still wasn't good enough to, you know, get home field advantage throughout the playoffs. We have to play our way to potentially get home field and just to, you know, avoid the play-in game. Um, So I I think that this definitely is where the Cubs are really going to have to come out but yes they have the advantage playing at home they're going to have the home crowd the starting pitching is going to be good uh you know you got jose quintana on the on the bump and we'll get to that in a moment but i'd like to think that you know one game playoff you got the home crowd behind you you're really going to have that mindset of you know basically this is going to set the tone for the rest of the postseason because if they lose and then they have that play-in game against either the dodgers or the rockies um, that, you know, could be the end of it. Then it's a win or go home situation. And I know that the Cubs yeah. really want to avoid that at all costs. So I'd like to think that while the Brewers are playing unbelievable right now, the Cubs are going to mm-hmm. be extremely focused and feel like they got the home crowd on their side and that this is an opportunity for them to, you know, really show the Brewers that, hey, uh, we're still the, uh, the, the best team in the Central and we're not ready to give up that title just yet. I know that this doesn't have any bearing on anything we talk about, but a lot of the experience, and we may lose viewers right now, or listeners rather, because they're kind of like, oh, that's where you base your opinion on. But I base a lot of my opinion on competitive sports on my experience with men's adult competitive softball. And please hear me out on this for just a second, okay? You know what? When you have a team that is dominated and continues to dominate, I've been on a couple teams like that where you just, every time you get on the the field, the other team assumes you're going to win. But then you have this upstart that plays really, really, well all the pressure is on that upstart to unseat the better team the superior team the cubs have been there before they this young core team this is their fourth time at this stage where they're looking into the postseason 
the brewers are 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 way out of their shoes right now they're they're over their skis whatever whatever you want to say, whatever you want to call it they right now are trying to impose their will and show that they belong i feel like the pressure's on them i feel like the cubs are going to be a little bit more relaxed and we will see tomorrow at weirdly enough uh, noon first pitch all right let's move on to the second inning and with that first pitch it'll be jose quintana who throws that first pitch out Quintana takes the bump. He is, he is the next starter in that rotation. Joe Madden not making any changes to the rotation. It could have been Lester on short rest, but he's going to go with Quintana. And if you look at the numbers, Quintana yeah. against the Brewers, he's terrific. He was 4-1 and one this year. He had a 2-10 ERA. Um, so really does pitch well against Milwaukee, especially this year. And I think the lefty, uh, even though the Brewers have, you know, power from both sides of the plate, I still feel like this is a, a good move having Quintana on the hill and hopefully Quintana can at least go six innings and maybe put some pressure off of the bullpen because they are going to need that, especially the way that bullpen worked today uh, against the Cardinals in their 10-5 win. Madden using nine relievers in the contest. Um, and hopefully uh, that, and you know, he, thankfully he didn't have to use Jesse Chavez, but yeah. Jose Quintana, if there is ever a moment that the Cubs need him to come up big, this is going to be the biggest moment of his career. Uh, your, your take on that. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're going to, we can, we're going to talk in the off season about, about Quintana and about, and what we gave up to the, the White Sox to, to have this uh, controllable asset and this just steady person to throw every five days. But if you look at it, I don't know why, but if you look at Quintana, you started to touch on some of the stats, but his last five starts Against the Brewers, he's at a, under a 1.85 ERA, and that's almost 30 innings pitch. He's given up 21 hits, only caves, zero home runs, and a whip just over one. So he is actually really dialed in. And I don't know why. I don't understand it. But what I like about this is he is the hot hand. His number has come up in the rotation. And this is the right guy. I, I don't love when you throw somebody out there on three days rest, on four days rest, and you take them out of the rotation. I like because – Tomorrow isn't the end-all, be-all um, playoff where it has to, to win or go home. I love the fact that, 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 that Jose is coming up at this point uh, in, the, in the rotation. I feel really confident about him coming out there and being very workmanlike. You know, obviously, the conditions tomorrow, are and, and they're, they're swirling and they're shifting. I haven't seen a, a full update on what the forecast is at noon, but I really like the idea of having him come up in, in the rotation and take this spot and, and having an opportunity to prove all those doubters wrong i mean this this could be the one game where people go yeah that was actually one hell of a trade all right let's move on third inning now and as we mentioned the brewers come into this contest with such an amazing streak they are have incredible seven in a row sweeping the detroit tigers um they are they're playing out of their minds right now i mean that's safe to say they are absolutely uh next to the colorado rockies the hottest team in baseball i mean there's no way around it the brewers led by Kristen yelich uh, who right now, Chad, and we can talk about this for, uh, you know, maybe later in the pod, but I think he cemented, as much as I hate to say this, he cemented the MVP award uh, for the National League, uh, taking that away from Javi. He had the most unbelievable September. Yeah. And along with uh, Lorenzo Kane and Jesus Aguilar and Mike Moustakis, uh, even Ryan Braun, this Brewers offense is just rolling along. And I mentioned that, uh, you know, when we were talking about Quintana, in your opinion, um, how afraid of you of this offense are you? Because they seem like 
they cannot get out no matter where you're pitching or who you're pitching to. Uh, I am just, it seems like it is just, they look like murderers row is basically what I'm getting at yeah. when you look at this Brewers lineup. How, how do you assess the Milwaukee Brewers uh, batting order going into Monday's game? You know, I've, I've taken so many hits from, from friends, colleagues, fans that have, have, have said that, no, the, this is the Brewers' years and, and the, the Cubs just aren't going to step up. And I like to remind them that the Cubs have 95 wins and they didn't do that by accident. The Brewers look incredible. I'm not going to repeat anything that you just said. What I will say about the Brewers is this, respectfully. They remind me of a team that we all know and love and and are near and dear to our heart, those 2015 Chicago Cubs, that team that caught fire, um, kept their foot on the gas all the way through the end of the the regular season and then came in and and surprised so many people in the postseason. This team reminds me a lot of that team in terms of um, players that were getting hot and were just really tough outs and the pitching was really strong. So, I, you know, this is a team that there's not a lot of easy outs uh, and you can't even look at Braun anymore. Braun is obviously, um, I don't want to say cycling through, but he's, uh, he's, he's peaked up his numbers and, uh, and he surprised me as well. Uh, this team senses what they have. They're playing with urgency and uh, they're not going to be a pushover um, until they're not. I mean, that's what I would say about this team and what I would say about playoff baseball. Every series, every game, every opportunity is an opportunity for teams to struggle or teams to continue to be powerful. And this Brewers team this last week, uh, you know, we don't have as an inning topic the MVP because honestly, it doesn't matter. Who cares who get the awards right now? It really doesn't matter. But I'm telling you right now, Kristen Yelich said, raised his hand and said, hey, this last week, I'm going to take the MVP. And I don't think there's anybody, even a Cub fan, that would disagree about that. And Javi Baez should be very proud for a number two MVP. Yeah, and 100%. And and we get into more of this with Russ as well. But the bullpen for the Brewers is also so surprising. It, it, It kind of reminds me, and I get into this with Russ a little bit, is that they remind me a little bit of the 2016 Indian bullpen, where you bring in Andrew Miller, kind of like you bring in Josh Hader, and it's just forget about it. And then you bring in, you know, a Corey Tenabel and uh, a Jeffries. And I mean, all these guys are just amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's like one after another. You can't seem yeah. to, to shake them. So uh, I'm, I think that this is going to be a very tough test for the Cubs. They have to jump out early. They have to be able to, you know, really just pitch around their, their top guys. Like you said, the Canes and the, and, and the bronze and the Yelich's. Um, it's, it's going to be extremely important for them to get ahead early of these guys, because I think if the Cubs are down sixth inning on, um, it's, it's not going to be good. It's not, I mean, that's basically what it's going to boil down to. It's not going to be good in that regard. So we move to the fourth inning Chad, And I think we can kind of talk a little bit more about what we were just talking about. So with that being said, how confident are you going into tomorrow with this Cubs team? presently stacked against the Brewers as we just presently constructed them and how they handle this ballgame on Monday. I'm only going to do this because at the ballgame I was at today, I was asked this question more than a couple times. So let me run this through for everybody. If the Cubs win tomorrow, they win the division, the Central Division, their third straight, and they don't play till 
Thursday when they host the winner of the wild card. If the Cubs lose tomorrow, the Brewers don't play till Thursday, and the Cubs would play either um, the Dodgers or the Rockies at Wrigley Field on Tuesday night. The confidence level, here's what I like about what I saw today and also the, the run explosion we saw yesterday. Not really an explosion, but it was enough. Uh, not yesterday, but Friday, rather, sorry. Is how nice was it seeing Willie hit that home run? How good was it seeing Javi get a couple uh, a, a couple uh, uh, hits and, and an extra base hit? How nice was seeing Rizzo up there? Bryant coming up with a two big, uh, uh, two RBI uh, hit. You know, the team looked confident in the, in the batter's box. The team looked strong. I love that we didn't use Chavez today. I like the idea of Quintana coming out there. We're going to know in the first few innings, A, if the offense is, is, is ready and firing and ready to come out on top. And we're also going to know what it's going to look like from the pitching mound. We're not going to have a situation like today where Monty had a very short leash. You know, Quintana has to be the guy uh, because we are looking ahead. No matter what happens tomorrow, we've got, you know, we can't throw everybody in, in the barn at it tomorrow. We've got another game on, on Tuesday. And so my confidence level it's more than a coin, fl coin flip, rather, and I only give it more than a coin flip because I said it earlier. This would mean, if the Cubs lost, that the Brewers would win eight straight. That's really tough to do at this point in the season, and I really like what the offense is doing right now. What do you think? Well, I like when the offense is looking like they did on Sunday. I certainly didn't like the way they looked on Saturday. I think that's, that's yeah. the thing. I mean, listen, there's some days they look terrific, and then there's other days they can't. They, they, they can't figure out how to hit past the infield. Um, I, I mean, I, I just the, – this team, unfortunately, I hate to use the word inconsistent because when you're winning 95 games, you're not inconsistent. I mean, you're consistently winning. But um, yeah. I would have liked to have seen this team a little stronger down the stretch. It seemed like at times this team was lost when it came to uh, their offense and how they were scoring runs and how they were getting runs across the plate. Um, and, and listen, I get the fact that this team has been dealing with more injuries than any team that I can recall uh, when it comes to a team contending for a World Series title. I know the Dodgers had a ton of injuries um, as well to deal with the last couple of years. So, you know, you can chalk them up there, how they were able to, to deal with it as well. But, you know, to lose, and we've talked about it on this show multiple times, you know, there's a lot to deal with and there's a lot to kind of mesh and use different guys in different situations. However, um, I have to think going into this game, Chad, as much as it pains me to say this, the Brewers are the favorite. They are the favorite because they are playing yeah. better right now than anybody um, in baseball. Uh, and, and, and obviously that's what concerns me the most. So I'm in agreement with you on a coin flip. However, I have to sway right now to say that I think the Brewers are ultimately the favorite in this game because of the way that they're playing uh, going into the game. I appreciate that. So let's move on to the fifth yeah. inning and like break it down a little bit more. What do you think if the Cubs win, what's going to give them the edge? Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, it's kind of what we were touching on before for me, it's getting ahead early. It's scoring runs between the first and the fourth inning. The offense has to get to their starting rotation because these are guys. And, you know, we don't know at this moment of this recording who is starting for the Brewers. I don't believe they have announced that yet. Um, so, the Brewers rotation is pretty, you know, notorious for going about four, maybe five innings and the Cubs have to get to them uh, before the bullpen gets into the game. Because once Josh Hader is in the game, 
he is nearly unhittable and he is very tough to get to. Um, so that for me is the biggest key. Can the Cubs jump on top early? Can they score first? Because I think whoever is able to score first in this game uh, is ultimately going to be uh, winning this game. And I think that it is so key for Daniel Murphy, who was terrific today, uh, to set the table if Zobrist is in the lineup, which I would assume he is on Monday. You know, Rizzo p- played out of his mind on Sunday. Those are the guys that really have to get on base, create running, you know, scoring opportunities so this team can, can you know, get ahead early. How about you? What, what, what do you see on your ends? For me, the edge is what we saw today. It was a team that woke up, a team that knew how to generate runs, a team that didn't give up when they were breaking down, a team that whose bullpen gave up a couple there towards the end, but they could because they had some breathing room and, and Madden didn't have a quick hit or a quick uh, 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 yank. And, and uh, I think that uh, from my perspective, the edge of the Cubs is going to be that home field crowd. It's going to be the fact that they're all sleeping in their own beds tonight. They're going to go in and do their own routine tomorrow. Um, it's not like it's a long way for the Brewers to come to Wrigley Field and do their thing. Um, but I, I like the home cooking. I like the edge. What are your concerns? What are your uh, moving on to the sixth inning? What are the, your concerns for the Cubs? Yeah, I mean, my biggest concern is that the offense has been very inconsistent and that Jose Quintana, which Jose Quintana are we going to get? Hopefully yeah. the numbers prove us right because he does pitch well against the Brewers this season. So I'm going to bet on Quintana continuing to pitch well against Milwaukee because, I mean, so far we've had a decent sample size, five starts this year. He's four and one, and he's done pretty well in those starts, and he's got a 210 ERA. So I'd like to think that that gives the Cubs, you know, an advantage in that regard. But my biggest concern is, again, if the Cubs are down in this ballgame, this is not a team in the Brewers that you are able to score runs against late in the game. The Cubs are not going to be able, in my opinion, to be able to rally in the seventh, eighth, and ninth innings because once those guys come into the ball game, I think it's lights out, and I think that they're able to control that better than any bullpen in the National League. So, uh, you know, maybe short of Tenley Jansen of the Dodgers. So, I, I really feel like that. My biggest concern is they got to jump on top early because if they don't and the bats are cold, uh, then we're going to be seeing a play-in game come Tuesday. Two concerns for me, um, and one, you're right, as of this recording, uh, the Brewers had not have not announced yet. It might be Julio Chassin. Um, he is uh, on – he's going to be coming off rest since Wednesday. Um, he's the staff leader. He has 187 innings and 34 starts. He's allowed one earned run in five innings uh, um, against the Cardinals on Wednesday, so he could start Monday on normal rest. Plus – He's dominated the Cubs in four starts this inning. Um, he's only allowed four earned runs in about 23 innings with two starts at home and two at Chicago. So that is a concern. Um, the other one, which is weird, and this is a weird concern, to be the last point before we go into the seventh inning stretch, is it's a noon game on Monday, and it's a regular season game, and it's not a wild card game, and it's not an NLDS game, and it's not a primetime game. Are we going to have a packed house at noon on 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 Monday? I'm, I I wonder what the energy is going to be like there. This game is going to be taking. Uh, I mean, it's 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 a quick turn, and it's in the middle of the day on a Monday. So, from an energy level perspective, what sort of crowd is going to be there to support the team? Because the team has said they really really appreciate um, the energy level. What do you think? Do you think it's going to be a packed house? I think it'll be a packed house. I don't think we have to worry about that. Chicagoans will mm. find a way to take the day off or fly in or do whatever it takes to make <laughs> that happen for them. 
Um, I think this is also going to be a low-scoring game, Chad. And, and granted, the Brewers scored 11 runs on Sunday. The Cubs scored 10. But I think we're going to see slightly less, especially um, if, you know, the pitching matchup is what, you know, we may predict it is, um, as you had just mentioned earlier with, uh, you know, the Brewers uh, and who they start. But I truly believe this – we could be looking at a 3-2, to 2-1 two, two to game. That – that would not surprise me in the least, especially with so much on the line. These are the kind of games that um, could could very much uh, be a very low-scoring contest. So, so I could see that as well. Time for the seventh-inning stretch here on the Friendly Confines, a very special edition of the Friendly Confines. Of course, we're always happy when we can have SIU graduates on the program and well, we got one again today. He is the voice of Ohio University and an SIU grad, as we mentioned before. And he is also a diehard Milwaukee Brewers fan. So we thought it was apropos to have him on the program. Welcome, Russ Einstein. Russ, welcome to the Friendly Confines with Ryan and Chad. Thanks for joining us, buddy. What's up, guys? Go dogs. Go Brewers. It's uh, going to be an incredible atmosphere on Monday at Wrigley Field. Game 163. The Brewers are just playing unbelievable right now. Looking at this matchup, when you are on the outside looking in, what is your perspective when you see Monday's game and how it's all going to come about from your end? Well, it's really been amazing what the Brewers have been able to do and how they've been able to close, particularly in the last month, uh, to go to St. Louis and sweep and then to take care of business at home against the Tigers. Obviously, they're playing just for pride, but with the way that the Brewers just banged out you know, the finale of the se- uh, series and the season, um, pitching really well. Bullpen is outstanding. Uh, I think that could be a difference in the ball game. But Christian Yelich is performing like an MVP of all MVPs. He's had just an amazing sprint to the finish. Uh, I think he settled all doubt as to who the MVP is. Uh, I think the Brewers lineup is really dialed in. There's a lot of good bats in that lineup. There's a lot of versatility there, too. Um, so, you know, the way they closed and to put themselves in this position, I think is impressive. And they're the better team right now, as far as how they're playing to close out the season for game 163. Is there anything that the Cubs in your perspective have an advantage on as far as maybe playing at home or anything matchup wise that you would look at and say, okay, in a one game playoff, the Brewers need to watch out for this. I, I would think that the Cubs have the edge from the starting pitching standpoint, and it depends on how long the starters will go. I've been a little busy doing some production at, at this moment, so I haven't seen who the announced starters are going to be. Uh, but the Brewers have played a bullpen game. Uh, I guess that was brought into vogue by the, by the Rays this year. But they've strung some games together by doing just that bullpen from the fourth inning on, and they have the arms to be able to do it. Uh, but starting pitching for the Cubs and obviously playing at Wrigley Field. Uh, the Brewers have had an issue at Wrigley for a lot of years. Uh, I think there will be some Brewer fans that make the trip, short trip, um, but obviously starting pitching. And then that lineup for the Cubs and the way that they close today, opportunistic and then showing some power too, that, that's going to be a struggle as well. We're talking to Russ Eisenstein. He is the voice of Ohio University. You can also find him on Twitter at Russ Eisenstein. Uh, and of course, he's an SIU graduate and a huge Brewers fan. Uh, so we thought it would be cool to talk to some Brewers with him as the Cubs enter game 163 with the NL Central title on the line. 
Monday at Wrigley Field. Art, right, you talked about the bullpen a little bit for the Brewers, uh, Russ, and I, I think that's such a fascinating part of what the Brewers bring to the table. In, in your perspective, in your opinion, if you're seeing the Brewers bringing in, you know, a hater or somebody else from that pen that can shut them down from the fifth inning on, it almost reminds me a little bit of like that 2016 Cleveland Indians team where once Andrew Miller and the rest of that bullpen came in, it was shut down city from here on out. Is, is that kind of how Craig Council looks at it from this point on? It's like if you can't score on our starters, we're going to bring in our bullpen from the sixth or fifth inning on and then it's toast from there. Most certainly, and you throw the Royals in there, too, with what they were able to do in getting to the playoffs in a world championship. They count out, uh, not necessarily who's going to be the ones doing it, but there are enough guys in that pen where you can, you can match up uh, with Soria, former White Sox and Royal. Uh, Corey Knable is back on the beam. He's had an outstanding close. Uh, and then, of course, Hayter and Jeremy Jeffress, they've all kind of rounded into their form um, and it appears that there, there aren't a whole lot of egos there uh, because they'll come in at any time. Jeffress would be the one at the back end, and he's really turned in the moxie of a Milwaukee closer, and the Brewers have had some good ones, but, but he's got the stuff to be outstanding, and his personal story has been uh, really riveting too, bouncing back from, from some personal issues, and to be the guy that he is now is, is really inspirational, I think, as well. Uh, but that pen is outstanding, and, and if you could get there with the lead, it's tough to beat him. We're talking with Russ Eisenstein, the voice of Ohio University, diehard Brewers fan, taking a few minutes here on the seventh inning stretch with us on the Friendly Confines with Chad and Ryan. Now, Russ, we've been kind of debating all year long, although I will be willing to concede at this point that Christian Yelich, I think, has overtaken Javi Baez for the MVP this year. Is that basically your opinion on that, too, at this point? No doubt. You take a look at his numbers and, and also his play in the outfield has been really, really good, too. He gets a good read on the ball, a, a very quick first step. Um, so he's more than just an offensive player, but uh, he could battle back into counts. He takes his walks. He's a line drive hitter. He's not a launch angle guy if, for those that, that believe in, in following those terms and those stats. He hits line drive lasers. Um, and so the way that he has played all year, and that's really how this all started, basically on the same day, Lorenzo King coming back to the Brewers and Christian Yelich in that trade where the Brewers gave up some prospects. That's what started it all. Um, and then you look back to the last couple of years where the Brewers have had just uh, titanic collapses and sinking in what should have been playoff years. Uh, that's been the difference this year. And Yelich would be the guy. He and Lorenzo Kane are the two most important players on the Brewers. And, uh, Yelich has had the best season of the both. All right. So if the Cubs do X going into Monday and the Brewers don't do X, what are those things, in your opinion, that don't happen for the Brewers if the Cubs capitalize on what they need to do for the Cubs to win? And then what would you say the Brewers need to do early on if they're going to win, if you, if you had to break that down? Well, from the Cubs standpoint, we've already talked about it. Early lead and, and getting to the bullpen – uh, early, forcing the hand early, starting the clock early. But if the Brewers could get four good innings, and it really just is four, if you could get a lead through four from the Brewers' perspective and start that bullpen going, uh, I think that's huge. From the Cubs' standpoint, you get the crowd on your side early, friendly confines, obviously, a good name for a podcast as well. Um, and they hit some bombs. I don't know if the wind will be blowing out. I know there's some rain uh, maybe in the forecast later in the day. Uh, but use that ballpark to your advantage. 
uh, and that, that swagger that the Cubs have really played with. So I think it starts off early. The whole thing sets the tone early. Get into the bullpen positively or negatively for the Brewers or getting that crowd involved with some big blasts for a Cubs ball club that is very, very good at home. We're talking with Russ Eisenstein, the voice of Ohio University, also a huge Brewers fan, went to Southern Illinois University, taking a few minutes here with us on the friendly confines. All right, so Russ, you know, being a Cub fan, as I'm sure you have plenty of friends who are, you know the agony that we all went through until 2016. I can only imagine the Brewers fans like yourself are, are kind of dealing with that as well because you've had one World Series appearance in the entire history of the franchise. And it seems like every year when the Brewers at least get somewhat close, 2011 being the most recent, it just kind of falls apart. What, what emotions do you have as a Brewers fan as far as confidence level for this season getting to a World Series or winning a World Championship? Well, the National League is required to have a team in the World Series, and nobody has blown anybody's doors off in the National League. So somebody's got to get there, and it might as well be the Brewers. Also, this is just the fifth postseason trip in my life. I was one during the strike-shortened playoff season of 81. I was two during the 82 World Series that the Brewers were a better team. I've seen all those games on VHS tape. I've read about it. The Brewers should have won. They didn't. Uh, all of those years where the Cubs went to the playoffs, Cub fans my age, they're winners. You've gone to the postseason a lot. Yeah, a lot has happened, but you've gone to the postseason. This is something new for the Brewers, even the fifth time and the first time since 2011. I grew up in the Chicagoland area. I love Illinois. I love Chicago. But obviously, my backstory, I'm a Brewers fan. I, I respect the Cubs. I, 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 don't, I don't necessarily say that I'm a Cub fan. Uh, uh, I'm not. I'm a Brewer fan. Um, but this is a big moment for the Brewers. And, and to take on the Cubs in Wrigley in game 163 and, and, and trying to get that next pass, that, that pass go and collect 200 bucks and, and go on to – the next round and not have to play that one game knockout, I, I think is, is incredibly important for all Brewer fans, be it from Chicago or Wisconsin or wherever. It's, it's not the largest fan base in the world, uh, but they do draw and they are important and, and care. And so that's why uh, this game is so big for them. Russ Eisenstein, the voice of Ohio University and uh, Southern Illinois University graduate, taking a few minutes with us as our seventh inning stretch conductor. Russ, thanks so much for joining us here on the Friendly Confines. Good luck to you. We appreciate it. And you know what? Come on back. Even if the Brewers lose, we want you to come back on the program. Will you do that for us? Yeah, call anytime. Go dogs, go Brewers, and go Ohio Bobcats as well. Thanks for calling. Thanks so much, Russ. Have a good one. Time for the eighth inning here on the Friendly Confines. And once again, our thanks to Russ Eisenstein, the voice of Ohio University, the play-by-play announcer there. He's been there for 11 years now. It's amazing. He's done really well for himself. Always great to have on those Saluki graduates, Chad, that now we live vicariously through because we no longer have to do that full-time. We just do this for fun. (laughs) And then we allow other people who have a lot more talent than you and I do to do the heavy lifting when it comes to uh, such a grind it it's such a grind I was talking to my friend uh, as the Cubs game was wrapping up today and I and we were talking about uh, uh, Kaplan coming on a friend of the show David Kaplan who uh, was one of our guests a couple weeks ago and and uh, and I said yeah that's the guy we had a couple weeks ago and 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 she was like oh that's really cool and I'm like 
I would love to do his job, but man, you know, these are, you're talking about 12, 14 hour days. And if you're really dialed in like Cap or Sylvie and all these guys and gals, you know, you've got to be so dialed in and you've got to be ready to respond whenever and wherever they work so hard. So, um, yeah, so good to have him on there. And you're right. This is so much fun to do. It is. It is always great to, you know, talk to every guest that we have and you can follow Russ at Russ Eisenstein on Twitter. Uh, he's a great follow on there, so certainly uh, check him out when you get a chance. All right, as we mentioned, it is the eighth inning and the NL playoffs. Well, they technically don't start tomorrow, but we will figure out who is going to be playing who after uh, Monday's contest between the Cubs and the Brewers. And then in the NL West, Chad, the Dodgers and the Rockies and are going to be facing off in L.A. And what How I great is that fascinating about this whole thing is two things. One, the fact that we know who the playoff teams are. So it's not like these are elimination games because in the past, these could potentially have been elimination games for certain teams. Yeah. They may not have been making the playoffs. It just so happens that this year, all the teams that are playing each other tomorrow will be in the playoffs, regardless of what happens. It's just a matter of seeding. The other thing I find fascinating is the one team who is not playing on Monday is the Atlanta Braves. And regardless of what happens, the Atlanta Braves, who aren't even playing, are going to be on the road for the <laughs> further series in the NLDS, which I find fascinating about this whole situation that they're not even playing and they don't even get home field advantage. So uh, take that for what it's worth when it comes to the baseball postseason. But... Um, Chad, I got to say, I mean, as much as it's going to be uh, painstakingly hard to watch every pitch on Monday against the Brewers and the Cubs, I would not have it any other way to see how this so is playing out between the Dodgers and the Rockies and the Cubs and the Brewers. This is what being a baseball fan is all about, and we are going to get to watch it, you know, full throttle starting on Monday. Everybody that's in it didn't sneak in. They didn't backdoor their way in. They didn't, you know, falter their way in. And, and again, I, I say this, you know, many other times, uh, Cubs Twitter cracks me up at times for people to say, oh, the Cubs that, you know, they missed their chance. This team won 95 games. Do you realize, I'm going to throw this out to you. I posted on, on, on the Friendly Confines Cubs Facebook page. Ryan, do you know offhand how many times a Cubs team has won 94 or more games since 1945? Um, wait, can you I'm, I'm, well, 84, 89, um, to that, is it two prior to 2015? Is that it? Is it just two? Well, don't, well, well, don't forget about 16, but no, four times, four Oh, times. oh so you were saying, oh, so you're saying, okay, I, I thought you meant prior yeah. to 2015. So 20. No, I, I'm saying, I'm saying as of this year, it's been four times. Yeah. And in this entire team story history, dating back to the, mid to late 1800s this team has done it 13 times 95 games you didn't do that accidentally you didn't fall your way to 95 this is a dominant team that yeah has lost some tough games but everybody's lost some tough games people are so critical of what this team has done and how they've done it um what i am excited about this this postseason is what you just said i mean you right now have a situation i broke down the national league central it's the same situation in the west Dodgers win, they're off until Thursday. Rockies win, they're off until Thursday. Both of them would host. And then the other team would come to Chicago or come to Milwaukee, depending on what happens tomorrow. What I um, am excited about, and this is such a silly thing, 
you know, every team that clinched at some point had a really nice time in the locker room and, and cracked open some mud and had a really nice time. The Cubs haven't done that yet. And what would be great for that home field team to get win number 96 and have the opportunity for this team who didn't even celebrate when they clinched a postseason berth to actually have an opportunity to wake up Tuesday morning with a massive hangover and and get in front of the TV and watch the Brewers host either the Rockies or the Dodgers. You know, and you make such a great point. I love that the Cubs did not celebrate. That just made me so happy to see that they feel like they should be in the postseason. And what's more important is winning the division and then winning the NLDS and then winning the NLCS. Those are the things that they celebrate. It's not just getting to the playoffs. It's not the, hey, we're just happy to be here mentality. Not to say that any of these teams in the postseason are happy to be there because they all know how difficult it is. And they've been there. um, At least the Dodgers and the Rockies have been there in the past. You know, the Braves, obviously, this is new to them. And then same with the Brewers. But again, I love the fact that the Cubs have just maintained that professionalism and that, you know, kind of attitude of until we have something to celebrate there's no need to celebrate right now because we expect to be in the postseason yeah it's a matter of if we win the nl central then then we'll get ready to celebrate here's what i keep saying to to people that have been pessimistic and you know i'm the i'm i'm trying to be the optimist for everybody and i love again last week sylvie mark silverman said he actually reads the post to to, to battle the pessimism and, and get 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 fired up i love that that's still one of my favorite things here's what i'd say tomorrow is not promised today i'm not getting philosophical here but let's think about 2015 when those new york mets with that incredible pitching uh, rotation just dominated us uh, dominated us and uh, and they never sniffed it again i mean they they were a horrible team this year look at the washington nationals they never got out of the first round look at the giants after they won their last world series in fact look at them after they won every world series they didn't make the postseason the next year except for 2016 you know they they completely did it was feast or famine tomorrow is not promised today cubs fans enjoy and appreciate the fact this is the fourth straight postseason they've made and they could go deep this is a team that has the experience and has the ability to do something very special this year and i'm so excited to be having a front row ticket and front row seat for this all right ninth inning now we finish up with the obvious question chad when we reconvene on this program after game 163 will the cubs be nl central champions what is your overall take on this prediction what i love and i'm not sure if people have seen this and i'm sure it's going to be all over sports center tonight it's going to be all over sports center tomorrow but jesus aguilar looked into the camera when he was interviewed after today's blowout victory against the very lowly cashed in their season weeks ago detroit tigers and he said the cubs they they know they have a problem tomorrow he said that confidently they're feeling that confident I believe in the in the boys in blue. I think the Cubs are going to win. I actually think we're looking at it like a six to three game. It's going to be tight there towards the end, but the Cubs are going to win this game, and they're going to have another run explosion to, to, uh, on Monday to win and finish up the regular season and propel them to a glorious three days of rest. You know, we should start calling this podcast optimistic and pessimistic because uh, you are <laughs> the uh, optimist, the you know eternal optimist, and I unfortunately is such a pessimist. 
Uh, listen, as much as I want, obviously, the Cubs to win on Monday, unfortunately, I think uh, the Cubs are going to lose on Monday and then have to play in the wild card game. And uh, I think they will win the wild card game in advance to the NLDS against these Brewers. I hope I'm wrong. I hope that this is not the case. I hope that the Cubs can wrap it up tomorrow. But I just feel like this Brewers team right now, they really are playing at another level. And I just think that there is no shame in losing to the Brewers, you know, because this is a very good Milwaukee team. But uh, I think we will see the Brewers in the NLDS. But I think ultimately we will be on the road in game one facing Milwaukee because I think the Cubs will lose on Monday, win on Tuesday in the wild card game at home, and then go and play Milwaukee in the first round of the NLDS. That is my opinion. That is my prediction. I hope I'm wrong, but that is how I think it ultimately will shape up. I was also certain that we were going to be playing on Monday. You remember, Chad, from our last podcast. (laughs) I did say we were going to have game 163. So, you know, again, I hope that prediction doesn't come true. I hope I'm one for two after this one. But I think when it's all said and done, uh, we're going to see the Cubs playing in that wild card game on Tuesday night. What I shared um, earlier about being optimistic, I'm going to spin what you just say and, 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 and share this again. Tomorrow is not promised today. So win or lose on game 163, the Cubs are in the playoffs and they have an opportunity just like everybody else. They just would have that really tough game on Tuesday night. But let's talk about that after the game on, on Monday. Positive energy, everybody. Noon, Wrigley Field. What an exciting way to finish this regular season and propel the Cubs into their fourth straight postseason. Well, that is going to be it for this edition of the Friendly Confines. We'll see how it all plays out. For Chad Gordon, I'm Ryan Lieber. Let's do it, Cubs. Make it happen in game 163. We'll talk to you next time on the Friendly Confines. And I will absolutely see you at the ballpark this week. just a game for I've seen other teams and it's never the same when you're born in Chicago you're blessed and you're a field the first time you walk into Wrigley